0: Thank you, John. Thank you, church. It's really, really good to be with you this morning. Uh, as John said, my name's Rich. I have the privilege of leading the site um, up in Hazelmere. But I also get to oversee discipleship um, across the church. And really, this, this series that we're in, this Breathe In, Breathe Out series, is all about discipleship. Because it's all about kind of learning to be with Jesus and learning to be like him. And just to give a little plug, uh, the rhythms that we're looking at in the Breathe In, Breathe Out series, these are the same rhythms that we look at in our discipleship experience, chapter one. If you've not signed up for that yet, if you've not been through that, we'd really encourage you to do that. I'd love the whole church to go through that at some point in the next two or three years. Um, But these discipleship rhythms that we're looking at, what are these discipleship rhythms all about? Really, they're about living spiritually healthy lives, lives in rhythm. Hands up if, if life doesn't always feel like that, that you're living in a spiritually healthy rhythm. Good, I'm not alone, this is good. Um, So often I think we, we, we feel pressured and we feel kind of pressed and stressed by all the stuff that's on our plate. I love the way that Bilbo Baggins describes it in Lord of the Rings. He says, I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. Do you ever feel like that, like butter scraped over too much bread? Well, today we're looking at the rhythm of freedom. And I wonder what comes to mind when you think of freedom? Just think to yourself for a moment, what comes to mind when you think of freedom? Maybe some of you are thinking of that stirring Mel Gibson speech in Braveheart where he says they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom. What comes to mind when you think of freedom? See we tend to associate freedom with independence. With independence. I remember that feeling when I passed my driving test, that wonderful sense of freedom of no longer having to have the driving instructor sitting there next to me, instinctively putting his foot down on the brake whenever I went too fast. And being able to go where I wanted and when I wanted to put my foot down and turn the music up. I just felt like I was kind of king of the road in my mum's Vauxhall Corsa. <laughs> for that wonderful feeling of, of independence. Maybe for you, freedom is about. Escape, maybe it's about kind of getting away from it all, away from routine and away from structure and the everyday, away from people maybe. Maybe you're someone who goes away on a break and and you come back and you're already planning your next escape, your next break, your next time away. Is that what freedom looks like for you? Or maybe for you freedom is about lifestyle. It's about being able to make choices about how you're going to live and what you're going to wear and even perhaps who you're going to be, your identity, who you're going to be. Years ago, I was chatting with a friend, Phil, at university about, about alpha. And I remember he said to me, why would I want to do an alpha course? Why would I want to go on alpha? I, don't want, I want to be free to make my own choices. I don't want someone telling me how to live. I want to be free to make my own choices about life. So you want the freedom to choose the way that we live. There was that song in the film Frozen that if you're a parent, about four or five years ago, it would have stuck in your head. That song, it's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Is that what freedom is all about? I want you to think for a moment, who is the freest person you know? Or who are some of the freest people you know? And what is it about them that makes them seem so free? Is it those people who are completely independent? Is it the people who follow their own rules, the kind of free spirit or is there another kind of freedom are freedom and independence actually the same things see the heart behind this breathe in breathe out series is that there's another way of living that there's a there's a kind of way of life maybe a almost a secret way of life that most people miss and that actually if there's a god who designed us and who handcrafted us, who, who made us and understands us, then perhaps he might understand a bit more about freedom than we do. So what does God say about freedom? What does Scripture say about freedom? I'm going to look at a well-known passage of Scripture from John's Gospel this morning, where Jesus is talking about freedom. It's John 8, verses 31 to 36. If you've got a Bible, just turn to that now. John 8, verses 31 to 36. If you don't have a Bible, that's, that's fine. It'll come up on the screen behind me in just a moment. But John 8. Verses 31 to 36. It says this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we should be set free? And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, Thank you so much for these words, Lord God. Thank you so much for the truth, Lord God, in these words. And thank you for your presence here this morning. Lord, we believe that you're here. And we believe that you are the the true path to freedom. Lord, come and set people free this morning, we pray. Come and set all of us free, we pray this morning. Come and speak to us, we pray. Lord, come and bring these words to life this morning. Come and speak to us in a fresh way and set us free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at two simple things this morning. We're going to look at what true freedom is and then we're going to look at how to live in it. So what true freedom is and how to live in it. So first of all, what true freedom is. See, Jesus is in this conversation and the passage said that he's talking with the Jews who have believed him. And now clearly these were people who believed something of what Jesus had said but if you read on further in that passage it's obvious that they're not actually his followers they're not really his disciples and the reason it seems is they had a real problem with some of the deeper things that Jesus was saying because Jesus was talking here about freedom about slavery and freedom and the Jewish people knew about slavery and freedom we know don't we that the Jews had a history of being enslaved in Egypt in Assyria, in Babylon. And they knew that God had been faithful to them from generation to generation. That when they were slaves in Egypt, the cry of God through Moses to Pharaoh was, let my people go. And God's power was displayed and he brought them out into freedom. So in that passage, when Jesus says, the truth will set you free, it immediately gets their back up. Why? Because this idea that they need to be set free assumes that somehow right now they are in slavery. And you can imagine that feeling of what they, what they were feeling like. How dare you, Jesus? How dare you call us slaves? We're, we're children of Abraham. And Jesus says, no, no, you don't understand. There's a deeper, more fundamental kind of slavery. That actually everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Do you know that was a challenge to them then. And it's a challenge to us today. Because it's strong language, isn't it? The language of slavery. We're appalled, rightly, when we hear stories of slavery from history and stories of slavery still going on today when someone is deprived of their freedom. It feels wrong to us, like a crime against humanity. And yet Jesus says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. I wonder, how do you feel about that this morning, living in High Wycombe in the 21st century with all the freedoms that we have? See, to be a slave is to be owned. It's to be property. It's to have no control and no choice. It's to belong to someone. And Jesus is saying, this is what sin is like. It traps us. It enslaves us. It compels us. You know, people who have addictions know this. See, an addict is someone who's become enslaved, often by the very thing that they thought would help them escape and set them free. Drugs or drink. Or pornography. The most addicted people in the world are people who've done what they wanted to do again, and again, and again, and again, until they find themselves trapped. The thing that promised them freedom ends up enslaving them. And maybe that's your story. Or maybe you're trapped in some kind of addiction right now. And if that's the case, I want to tell you that the heart of God towards you this morning is still, let my people go. He loves you. And he wants to rescue you from that addiction this morning. He can do that. He has the power to do that this morning. He can rescue you today. But, you know, you don't have to be an addict in the obvious sense to know the power of sin to entice you and to trap you and to control you. Do you know, there's just something about the human heart, isn't there? We just seem to have this inclination to go after the very things that we know are going to do us harm. It's like we just cannot help ourselves. And it's often it's the very things that we think will offer us freedom that end up trapping us. The man or woman who gets into a relationship that they know is wrong. The temptation that just seems too powerful to resist. And we think, if I just had that, or if I just had this, then I'd be free. I believe Jesus would say to us, careful. Because it looks like freedom, but it's just slavery in disguise. It's just slavery in disguise. Russell Brand, the comedian and recovering drug addict, a guy who's clearly on a journey, he said this on Twitter recently. I think it's a really perceptive thing. He said, We've been told that freedom is the ability to pursue petty, trivial desires, when true freedom is freedom from these petty, trivial desires. What is he saying? He's saying that there's something in our heart that wants to go after these things, thinking that they will set us free, but actually they just end up enslaving us. And it's just slavery in disguise. You know, I think that idea that independence and freedom are the same thing, it's just a lie, really. And I think we know that. Just to give a very crude example, if I had a goldfish in a tank, and in the name of independence, I smashed that tank and I set it free, would that fish be any more free? course it wouldn't it would die it would be lying there on the kitchen floor gasping for breath and then it would just it would just die and the reason for that is there are conditions in which a goldfish can flourish and thrive and it's not lying there on the floor it's in that tank in the water and it's the same for human beings there are conditions there's an environment in which we can flourish and thrive and it's in relationship with Jesus see we're not made for independence We're not made to go away and do our own thing. We're made for intimate relationship and dependence on him. We need him. We need Jesus. We're meant to be in this relationship with Jesus. That's the environment in which we as human beings can flourish and thrive. One of the things I love about being part of chapter one each term is the stories that I hear. We ask everyone in the group to share a bit of their story. The story of For some, if they're Christians, for how they've come to know Jesus and how Jesus has changed them. And what are these stories? Well, they're freedom stories. All of them are freedom stories. One guy in our group this week talked about a remarkable story of how God brought him out of addictions and took him on this incredible journey. And he woke up one morning and he he said that for the first time he just felt free. Not just free from the addictions, but free from shame and free from pain. Do you know the freest people that I know are people who are in relationship with Jesus? People who have the security of knowing that they are deeply, deeply loved by God, that they're loved and they're forgiven, and there's nothing they can do to change that. Nothing they can do to make Him love them more, and nothing they can do to make Him love them less. Do you know that about yourself this morning? See, Jesus said the truth will set you free. Well, what is the truth? Well, it's the gospel. It's the truth that Jesus came and rescued us. Because what do we need when we're in slavery? We need a a rescuer. We need someone to come in and rescue us from that slavery. And that's what Jesus does. Do you know, his whole mission was about liberation. He came to set the captives free. He was tempted, but he never once sinned. And at the cross, he took the punishment that we deserved. And we get to go free. Wonderfully free. If you've been reading Bible in a year this week you'll see that there were all these complicated sacrifices that the the Jewish people had to go through to be free all these different offerings that they had to bring these different sacrifices but praise God that we don't have to do that praise God that Jesus has set us free that he's given himself as a perfect sacrifice once for all we did nothing to earn it but we get to receive the freedom that Jesus has won for us You know, we weren't made for independence. We were made for dependence on God, for relationship. That's the environment in which we can flourish and thrive. And I want to say to you this morning, if you've never known that relationship with Jesus, you can have it this morning. You can have it this morning. He invites you to accept the truth about who he is and what he's done for you. That is where freedom begins. You can know that relationship and that freedom this morning. But then you might say to me, well, then what? How do we live in that freedom? So we've been set free, but set free for what? See, perhaps you've been a Christian for many years, and you know that the reality is that life doesn't always feel like you're free, even for a Christian. Day-to-day life, it, it just seems to have this way, this knack of robbing us of truth. Maybe you, maybe you find that, true, that that as well. It says this in Paul's letter to the Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's interesting, isn't it? We're set free for freedom. And then he says, stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. See, I've realized how easily I can think and act like I'm still enslaved. Let me give you an example of that. Of the way I think and act like I'm still enslaved See, for much of my life, I've gone after approval from others. Almost like it's the main thing. I guess it's what you call kind of people-pleasing, where my security and my self-confidence has come through getting approval from others. Maybe some of you have experienced that as well. I know that if I'm not careful, there's something in me that can still ask the question, what do people think of me? Maybe your heart asks these questions too. See, there's just something about the human heart and think that things that ought to have no power over us, we hold up as kind of false gods, and our hearts ask questions like Am I good enough? Am I popular enough? Am I attractive enough? Am I a good enough mum or dad? Am I successful enough? Am I where I should be in life? Am I winning? See, we can compare ourselves to other people to see how we measure up. And I tell you what, living like that can be exhausting. And living like that is not freedom. It just leaves us unsatisfied day after day where we're constantly looking for approval. We're constantly looking to others to see how we measure up. I believe that's just another form of slavery. It's just another form of slavery. The pastor and author, Tim Keller, writes a brilliant little book. It's called the, the, the Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. So I really want to recommend this to you, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. It's a, it's a tiny little book. You can read it in about half an hour, but it's brilliant. And what he says is that in all kinds of ways, we think and live like we're waiting for a verdict on our lives. Almost like we're standing in a courtroom waiting for a verdict to be passed on whether or not we're good enough. And Tim Keller writes it like this. He says, do you realize that it's only in the gospel of Jesus Christ that you get the verdict before the performance and then he says you see the verdict is in and now i perform on the basis of the verdict because he loves me and he accepts me i do not have to do things just to build up my resume i do not have to do things to make me look good i can do things for the joy of doing them what is he saying he's saying that jesus has stood in the court on our behalf that now because of jesus we are clothed in his perfect righteousness And that now God looks at us and says of us, this is my son and this is my daughter. And with him, with her, I'm well pleased. See, the verdict on us, if we're Christians, the verdict on us is in. The verdict on me is in. The verdict on you is in. We've got nothing to hide. We've got nothing to lose. We've got nothing to prove. And now we can perform on the basis of that verdict. See, that is how you live in freedom. That's where freedom comes from. And Tim Keller says the way we do that when we forget is to relive the gospel. We must find ways to relive the gospel day after day. And see, that is what we're doing at the moment. That is what we do, isn't it, on Sunday mornings. We come here each week. We hear the same story. Have you noticed the same story every week? We sing sometimes the same songs. Maybe songs you've sung before. Maybe you like the songs. Maybe you don't like the songs. Maybe you like the preach. Maybe you don't like the preach. But always really it's the same story, it's the same message. Why? Because we're reliving the gospel. In the songs that we sing, as we preach the word, as we break bread together, we're reliving the gospel. We're reminding ourselves of the truth that we are free and asking the Spirit to reveal more of that truth to us. Why? Because we need it. We need it day after day for living. See, I love our Sunday meetings, but in one sense, this is the easy bit. This is the easy bit. The question is, what happens when tomorrow comes? What are we doing then to relive the gospel? What are you and I doing to relive the gospel in our day-to-day lives? See, the world is constantly telling us a different story. The world is constantly telling us that freedom comes not from knowing Jesus and following Jesus, but from other things. And we live in a time when we're incredibly connected to the world. Things like social media and WhatsApp groups... And and in all kinds of ways, it's an amazing time to be alive. But don't you find there's always so much noise? There's always so much noise. There's kind of physical noise. There's the buzz and the ping on our phone every time we get a message. But there's kind of emotional noise as well. And because we're so connected, we get this stuff coming at us all the time. Things which look like truths. Truths. But are often just born out of other people's fears and other people's panic. What do we do with those things? Well, Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. And then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want to ask you this morning, how tightly are you holding to the truth of who Jesus says you are? How tightly are you holding to those truths of who Jesus says you are? Because The thing is, if we're not holding holding tightly to anything, I think then our hands are free just to grab hold of any truth that comes our way, or any half-truth that comes our way, anything that's kind of flying around our heads. And you know, the truth is, whether we like it or not, we are also in a spiritual battle. The Bible is really, really clear that we have an enemy. That the moment we put our trust in Jesus Christ, that we enter into a battle against the enemy. And 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We took our kids to Chessington last week and we saw the lions and we saw them at feeding time. And you can see the way they kind of put their teeth into a piece of meat and not just into the, the flesh, but into the bones as well. And I believe the enemy is constantly looking for ways to pick us off, to pick off Jesus' disciples Can he pull us out of God's hands for good? No, but can he rob us of the freedom that Jesus has won for us? Of course he can. He does that all the time. So church, let's be intentional about this. What are we gonna do to relive the gospel tomorrow? When you get up tomorrow morning and it's Monday and you have routine, whatever that looks like for you, and maybe it'll feel mundane and maybe you won't feel very free, what are you gonna do to remind yourself of the truth of who you are in Christ? See, Jesus has set us free, but we have to choose to live in that freedom. That's when freedom becomes a rhythm, when we choose day after day, intentionally, repeatedly, to live in that truth. How will you do it tomorrow? Craig Rochelle is the leader of Life Church in the U.S., one of the largest churches in the States. Great leader of leaders. Here's what he does every morning. He's written a personal statement about who he is in Christ. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to read some of what he says. This is what he declares every morning. He declares, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I will love people and believe the best about others. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. My my words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. See, every day he repeats these truths about who he is and what he lives for. Is that just positive thinking? No, that's truth. He's declaring truth about who he is. Because in a broken world where the full extent of Jesus' victory isn't yet seen, we need to remind ourselves of who we really are in Christ. And you might think, well, that's not really for me. I'm not going to do that. Well, if that's the case, then, then fine. But how are you going to relive the gospel tomorrow? How are you going to speak out the truth of who you are in Christ? What will it take each day of this week to get the truth so into you that when you're feeling condemned or that when temptation comes, when lies come, that you can fight those things with the truth of who you are in Christ? See, Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How are you gonna do that? How are you gonna live in the truth of who Jesus says you are? Do you know, we cannot do this on our own. We need each other for this. Reliving the gospel requires community. Neil's going to talk about community in a few weeks, but it's worth just mentioning it now. See, sometimes when life is really good, we feel like this stuff is true about us. And we sing songs like, who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And we sing it because we feel it and we believe it. But we all know that life just isn't always like that. And our circumstances don't always match up to the reality of the victory Jesus has won. And we can believe things about ourselves that just aren't true. And maybe they've become so much a part of us that we cannot see them for the lies that they are. Or what do we do in those times? Well, we need other people to, to help us to relive the gospel. Other people in our small groups, just trusted friends, just to get alongside us and say, no, that's not true about you anymore. You're not living in that kind of slavery anymore. You don't need to, you don't need to think like that. You don't need to live like that because you're free, because Jesus has set you free. We need friends to help us relive the gospel. So we relive the gospel, and then we must choose to follow it. Have you noticed there's a thread that's been running through this Breathe In, Breathe Out series? Stuart talked about it last week when he talked about the, the rhythm of power and being continually filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Neil mentioned it a few weeks back, and it's something we might not naturally associate with freedom and with life it's obedience it's obedience see for a Christian obedience and freedom are closely linked I was reading this passage from Proverbs 4 a few weeks back and it, and it spoke to me in a new way and I want to read it to you we read this in Bible in a year and it really it kind of shouted out to me this is what it says in Proverbs 4 my son My son. This is what God calls you this morning. If you're a Christian, the father speaks to you and he says, you're my son or my daughter. My son, my daughter. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. What is this? Well, it's obedience. It's staying focused. It's being committed And you notice how it involves our whole body, it involves our ears, it involves our eyes, it involves our heart, and our mouths, and our feet. See, this is worship with our whole bodies. You know, in that line in Exodus where God says, let my people go, we can forget what comes next. It's let my people go in order that they might worship me. Do you know, actually, we're not set free just to go and do what we want. It's freedom to be able to do what we were made to do. It's freedom to be able to follow God, to worship Him with our whole lives, to submit to Him, to enjoy Him, to delight in Him, to do things His way instead of our way. See, Jesus says, hold to my teaching, and then you're really my disciples, and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what sets us free. See, for a Christian, freedom isn't found in independence. Freedom is found in obedience. Actually, in wonderful everyday obedience. surprising, isn't it? We wouldn't think that those two things are tied together, but that's where freedom is found for a Christian, in living in obedience. And that's what sets us free from the things that enslave us. That's what sets us free from, from our hang-ups and our anxieties and, and from everything that stops us from being the people that God has made us to be as we live lives full of the Holy Spirit, as we listen to him as he leads us, as we read the word and follow the teaching of Jesus. See, is the Bible just a book of rules like my friend Phil used to think? Is it a constraint on our freedom? No, this book is about, this book, the Bible is about freedom from cover to cover. See, we find freedom in following Jesus. But it's only because he set us free in the first place. So as I finish how can we do this how can we choose to walk in this kind of freedom it's because the son has set us free it's because the most free being in existence our god who for all eternity has existed in perfect freedom sees us his people trapped and so he comes this free, eternal God allows himself to be confined to the constraints of a human body. And he allows himself to be taken captive. And he allows nails to be driven through his hands and his feet. And he allows himself to be held on a cross. Why? So that you and I can be brought into relationship with him. And so that you and I can know wonderful life-changing freedom now. See, church, don't let's settle for the cheap version of freedom and independence that the world offers. It is just slavery in disguise. Let's hold to the teaching of Jesus. Let's hold on to the truth of who he says he is and who he says we are. Then we're really his disciples. Then we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Amen? Amen. Amen. Vielen Dank.